welcome to Uncorked, the podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm Steph Corker, here today with my most favorite special guest of all time, <laughs> the co-founder, the best friend, the brother, Matt Corker. Good to be here. It's like we pretend like this is like an official thing, even though it's like we have dinner together and then this it's podcast. It's so official. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's official because last year, at the end of last year, we dreamt of podcasting. And we, I mean, I can't say it enough. We dreamt of podcasting because we had very interesting conversations around the dinner table we wanted to share. And we had interesting conversations with interesting people. And here we are rolling into April having podcasted every week since every week. the clock struck 2018. And it's interesting because that's the theme of today's conversation is doing something for the first time. And, you know, the number of different locations we've recorded this podcast oh in, <laughs> we have recorded in cars, we've recorded in bathrooms, bathrooms. <laughs> we've recorded in all these different places in order to find out what works best. And um, to me, the journey of starting something new, it's like a little messy and it's a little nerve wracking. And um, that's the beauty of doing something new. It's not like we've done it ever before. Um, and this spring has brought in a lot of newness for you and I both. And the last thing that you did that was new was? Well, one of my goals this year was to create a sweaty class at a an establishment that I could bring in people that might want to sweat. Mm. And I that was all I knew. Um, and when setting the goal for 2018, I recognized my pattern in setting goals was always better, faster, stronger than something I had previously done. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to run faster. I wanted to place higher. I, I was driven to take something that already existed or that I was comfortable with and do more of that. Mm. And I love that. And it brings me a lot of joy. Yet what I recognized was that I wasn't um, introducing newness in my life. And it came up in ways that I was craving to make something. Mm. And I wanted to create. And um, it started with a closeted joy of poeming. <laughs> and I okay, so what is wait. poeming for, for all of the people who don't understand Corker yet? <laughs> what is it's your definition of poeming? Not yet trending on Twitter. I mean, Instagram. I can't believe I just said Twitter. Um, poeming is the blend between a poem and a rap. So when you poem... <laughs> But I can't rap. I, I mean, I can't even sing. And I thought I wanted to do a slam poem, but then I realized they were a little bit dark. This is my really long answer to my newness. I started poeming, and one of my favorite lines in one of the poems I wrote was that I wanted to be a maker or a baker. And I think it said something like that I bake a lot of treats without flour and nobody eats. <laughs> and uh, at any rate... To answer your question, I'm terrible at answering questions, apparently. I was doing a strength program that I also did in my closeted self. I'm a closeted palmer and a closeted strength person, apparently. Uh, 
this strengths program was very simple and it was rather um, redundant. I did 100 push-ups, 100 squats, and 100 crunches every day for the month of December. And I felt great. And I thought, what if I could do more of this? And what if more looked slightly different? Are there more exercises to include? This is something that's very simple. It can be done anywhere. You don't need anything. And um, as that evolved, I thought that it was most fun done to 80s music. And it was most fun done doing 80 reps instead of a hundred of these things. Mm. And so my goal became, how do I bring this eighties workout, 80 reps to eighties music to a studio? And I actually told one of our dear friends this over the holidays. And he said, I know the perfect spot. It's called turf. We can do it at turf. <laughs> and, and so I, we, we did it. And, and team Corker was there and I had to ask you how to warm up and cool down because <laughs> I, that, that wasn't part of the eighties routine. It was just go do 80 squats. And then you said, no, 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 it's helpful if you warm up people's bodies before they do 80 squats. And you're welcome to you. all of the people that attended. Yes, seriously. Um, so we created the space and part of it in the fear of doing something for the first time was that it wasn't going to be a forever class. It was just going to be a one hit wonder. I just needed to try it in mm. real life and be scared and nervous and admit that I wasn't a fitness, I wasn't an aerobics teacher and I <laughs> don't have a kinesiology degree and I don't know physiology and, and, and we were still going to do it anyway. And it was totally fun and we packed the house and, it was Brendan Brazier's birthday and it was great. And Brendan Brazier, the founder of Vega, also brought out his entire Vega crew and you dedicated the class to him. And it was like this total cel birthday celebration. It was so fun to be there. It was a love fest for that guy. Because yeah. he does a crazy ass workout all the time. Uh, he, he was humble in joining this class, but I mean, that, that guy's fit. Yeah. Powered by plants. <laughs> Amen. Um, what was that last thing you did for the first time, bro? Well, here's the thing I was thinking about it and there's two things ah! because one is, um, over the last year, I've kind of like my side creative outlet has been this coaching deck called the inquest deck. And Nadine Nevitt has been the creative genius and such a strong friend on this, um, project with me where we've started to create this deck that asks, inquisitive questions. And so rather than it being a tarot deck or a fortune telling deck or something that tells you what your life is supposed to be or should be or anything of that, it's a check-in. It gives you that opportunity to say like, what's going on in my life? Or what's a question that could give me more insight into how I'm showing up or clarity into a decision that I need to make. And we just, we have all the cards printed our box is being crafted right now. We just got all the books back and um, it's like a lesson in creative patience for me because mm. it like every time we go to print, there's something that we catch. And then all of a sudden those 50 decks oh, <laughs> need to go God. back to print. <laughs> and it's like, just as you think, like, just as I think, yes, like it's coming out or like, we're ready to go and we're ready to even get to the start line. It's like, nope, something Arr. new comes up. Totally. So <laughs> I just got 50 books public, like printed and we found an error in the book. And I like was texting Nadine last night being like, 
I don't know, like, did we miss this? Was this an error in print? And like, what are we going to do? Because 50 books is a lot of cash as well. So this is like, not only an energetic creative investment, but also a financial investment. And we're just so stoked. And Nadine's been such a strong partner in that. And I recognize that it's so value having someone else in it with you. And the second thing is a very secret goal that I had, and I even kept it from you for quite a long time, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, I I am not proud of that. (laughs) Um, In January, my good buddy Warren and I were like, we need to get back into a regular fitness regime. And one of my commitments to myself about my health is that my body is race ready. And that's something that's been written down on every single goal sheet and whatnot that I've ever had. And to be race ready, you also, like for me, I need a race. And one race a year gives me the opportunity to say, am I ready for it? Can I do it? And, you know, last year I had a bum ankle that prevented me from running. And so the idea of the traditional half marathon as my race was not a possibility for me. And instead, I was like, well, I just want to feel strong, fast, and flexible. And those are the three things that Warren and I mapped out. And so we started swimming and we started going to Movement 108, our favorite way to like use kettlebells and lift heavy objects, and um, doing yoga classes. And through swimming, I was like, you know what? I think I want to like test out my swimming. And, um, I looked at what are the spring races coming up that would test swimming. And unfortunately, (laughs) the first one was the UBC triathlon. And I was... (laughs) Pause. Take a deep breath. For our favorite friends that are listening, the UBC triathlon was the first triathlon that I ever did. And after I did the UBC triathlon, I signed up for Ironman. So I get very excited that I think that anybody who finishes the UBC triathlon just might become the next Ironman athlete. And that is precisely why I didn't tell you about the call. (laughs) And so it was really interesting because I looked at Warren in the pool one day and I was like, I think I'm going to do a triathlon. And I was like, don't tell anyone. And so it was like a little sweet secret, but goes back to like, it really helps have someone in your corner when you're trying something new. And, you know, Warren and I are not the best swimmers. We're not Wait, fast. was Warren in on wanting to do the triathlon with you? He was away. He planned a trip to New York for that weekend. Um, so I'm pretty sure I could have convinced him to do it with me. And dates just didn't align. And was Warren the only person you told? Warren was the only person I first told. And then I signed up for the triathlon while I was in Bali. And then as soon as I signed up, I was like, okay, Chad, you get to, Chad is my husband. Like you get to know too. (laughs) And a big part of it was. And then what did you put in your calendar? A secret meeting so that my sister couldn't see. (laughs) He had a private Saturday morning And I think the interesting thing was for me, the expectation around doing something new was also like, I didn't want to be an Ironman. I know I don't want to be an Ironman. And there's probably people listening to this podcast right now being like, I want to do a triathlon with you. And I'm like, I don't want to do another one. Oh, you know, one and done. Well, or just like, I don't want it to be like when I identify as an athlete, it's like, I'm a yogi. Okay. How I compete is as a yogi. And so the idea of like suffer fest and go to your dark place are not things that resonate with me. 
And what I love is being able to compete. Like I still love being competitive and I don't like to compete on my own. I like to compete Ah. on a team. And so like, I want more people around me to do something together. Cool. And the solo race is just not, not my jam. Mm. And it was a cool way to like, I want to stay competition to me gives me the opportunity to hear the conversation I'm in with myself about whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So I hate running. It's like the thing that like you, if you want to punish Matt Corker, make him go for a run. Like you look so great running. (laughs) And it's like, and that's a difference between like, yeah, yeah, you could be really good at something and that doesn't mean it makes you feel strong. Amen. And shout out to Tracy Hutton. Listen to the past podcast with Tracy Hutton. She'll tell you all about defining your talents and defining your strengths. Running is a talent of mine, not a strength of mine. And that was really cool to be able to like train on my terms, to race on my terms. And also then at the end, you know, both you and Chad were like, are you going to do another one? And I was like, I just did something for the first time and I don't even need to think about what's next. You know, like it was the act of doing it um, that allowed me to just enjoy it. Yeah. It's a big deal doing something for the first time. And I always say, I mean, you only get your first time once. Totally. You only get your beginner's mind and the nervousness and the excitement once. And I was actually given a compliment recently um, (laughs) by a very talented cyclist. And he said, I can't believe you've done so many Ironmans because you're still so excited about it. And that was a compliment because I thought that if I can still have beginner's joy in doing something and doing something that I might have Mm. done many times over and over again, um, then I'm still doing the right work of my life. Mm. And it's almost like where do the feelings and the joy and, you know, coming up with new ideas in our business make me feel like I'm starting a business all over again that's why I started a business. I was excited about it. Right. And when I look to say, how do I generate more of those feelings? And in some cases you're doing the same thing. And in many cases you're doing brand new things. Do that and recognize that it comes with fear. It comes with only wanting to tell the inner circle. It comes with with a looking good, with our ego saying, what if I fail? Mm -hmm. And I think that is, that's the gift is being able to flirt with all of those feelings and know that line of I'm really excited and I might fail and I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Well, what's really fascinating is the notion of that I've been researching or like learning more about is this notion called the readiness potential. And the readiness potential is the fact that our brain actually starts to neurologically get ready to interpret what our senses sense about 0.5 to 10 seconds before we become consciously aware of what we're sensing. So to break that down into like layman's terms... yeah. What that means is if I hear a busker on the street playing the guitar, before my ears actually 
like send the sound signal to my brain, my brain is already getting ready to interpret the sound of a guitar as not a threat, as something that I enjoy or don't enjoy, as and it makes meaning already so that the instant we become conscious of guitar, then I have an experience of joy, or I have an experience of calmness, or I have the experience of fear. And so it's interesting is the readiness potential doesn't exist when you try something new. The red, cause we have because nothing it's brand new. Cause it's brand new. So we've wow. never experienced it before. And what stops us from experiencing things as new is the readiness potential also begins to compare what is this new thing like something in the back of our mind. So a triathlon is like something else. Mm. And we begin to compare and rationalize and analyze when it be in reality, I've never done a triathlon. And a triathlon is something completely new and different. And it's the readiness potential in our brain that says, you know, it, it primes us to experience new things, new conversations, new business ideas as more of the same, mm. or it's just like this other thing I've experienced. Gosh, the comparison game is really real, eh? And it's like ingrained in our brain. Wow. Like it's not even like, oh, I need to let go of comparison. It's like, you can't, like it's actually pre-programmed. Yeah. Um, and that's why I get so excited of like, how does newness and choice and free will all come into our experience as something exciting? And uh, that we can, like, not that we can biohack around readiness potential, but more how do we become aware of what our unconscious prejudices and judgments and patterns are? Mm-hmm. What's what's new for you going forward? Knowing this and knowing readiness potential, do you think about what's next for you that you're planning or doing for the first time? One thing that comes up for me is that we went on a trip to New Zealand and as you were speaking, bro, one, um, the, the idea of doing something new that attaches to our ego Mm. hits my heart in a certain way. So doing a class, you wonder, is anybody going to show up? What if I screw up? I don't know my lefts and my rights. What if somebody doesn't know how to do a squat? You know, you did a triathlon. You've watched a million of them. Yet you're like, what if I don't swim properly? Or who knows what, you know, all the things that could go wrong. I don't like running. That's a real thing. Um, yet the flip is when I did something new in a, you know, traveling to a new place, everything is new. Mm -hmm. And yet you approach that newness with such joy and adventure and wonder. Mm. And, and the things I got out of that trip just, I mean, really changed me. My brain was open to new ways of, of feeding my body and of, of my relationship with my phone. And, um, so just, I, I think there's a neat distinction between the readiness potential that may hold us back and the readiness potential that could bring us some really beautiful joy. Well, what's interesting is like you have a readiness potential or like a listening to the brain that says travel is new. Right. And that's how you then experience travel is new. Some people would say they go to a place and they compare it to where they've always been. Right. And it's like, well, this isn't like Vancouver. This isn't like London. This isn't like Paris. And 
So it's like, we don't get away from our readiness potential. It just runs how we experience new things. Yeah. So when it's like, it changed you, it's because you had a, your brain had a pattern that said, when you travel somewhere, you get to learn new things and discover new things. So be open and curious and adventurous and whatnot. But someone could be like, when you travel, it's scary and dangerous and be careful. Yeah, you're right. Good so point. Great that, distinction. And that to me is like fascinating. Right. Because it's, it's not about go travel because we have a certain way of experiencing it. Yeah. Okay, wait, you didn't answer the question. What's new for you? What's new? Um... The inquest deck. That's like the big uh, thing right now of like learning how to get cards and books printed. <laughs> that's amazing. Also, I guess the power of new is the relentless pursuit to cross a finish line because oh. it's always fun to start something new. And what do you hang on to long enough to finish? Yeah. And we thought it was going to be a three month project and we are on month 12. Oh, so, beautiful. you know, it's a 400%. <laughs> it. 400% longer than we thought it was going to be. Um, let's wrap. I love it. What is making your heart beat faster, Sefer? Well, in the name of new, I am uh, working with my 80-year-old friend in our little village that we have a cabin just south of Whistler. His name is Nellie, and Nellie and I are working together to build Cookie Corner, Corker's Cookie Corner, and I'm going to have a hut of cookies for cyclists that are riding the Sea to Sky from Vancouver to Whistler uh, after Easter weekend throughout uh, the summer until the Fondo. Freshly baked Corker cookies. I am so stoked. I'm stoked to be working on this project with my old man friend Nelson. I am stoked to bake cookies and my true hope and joy will be that one cyclist that is close to bonking gets to eat a cookie and make it all the way to Whistler. That would just be the best thing ever. I see a Team Corker Grand Fondo team that may just need to eat all those cookies coming up strong. Please. Yes, <laughs> I will serve cookies for the Fondo. I'm sure the Fondo will get me in trouble, but whatever. Cookies. Um, What's making your heartbeat faster, bro? It's lip service week. So my oh. team, for those of you who don't know what lip service is, lip service is the best night event in Vancouver. It's a lip sync battle that raises money for charities that help youth, uh, primary youth education in Africa. And, um, you battle it out, Jimmy Fallon lip sync battle style. And, uh, this will be my third year. We're going in as the defending champions. (laughs) The Saturday night that Matt Corker and his team break the internet. That's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) And we're so excited this year. It's going to be um, a whole new roster. There's so many people returning from previous years. It's the fifth year of the event, and I am just stoked for Saturday. Let's make sure we include the link below on how people can donate, mm. and we will follow up next week if you follow us on the Corker Co. Instagram with the... Uh, oh my word. I was going to say my snapshot, but really like my hand is going to be vibrating and I just scream. So I can't promise to take footage, but I can't wait. Best night ever. Perfect. Thanks for joining. We'll see you soon.